Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. This week, Colin, you're talking about the power of God. Yesterday, you introduced the subject and you spoke very much from your own experience of how when in the early 70s, you were a young vicar in Luton and you you prayed for the power of God in order that you and the other members of your Anglican church there could reach out into that needy community in which you found yourselves living. So what happened next? Well, we discovered, you see, that uh, God was willing to impart his power to us today in precisely the same way as he had empowered the disciples, the early apostles, and the first Christians that we read about in the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, when we received the power of God back then, there were immediate changes. and. What I want to do is to talk, not really about what happened in Luton, but I want to talk about the changes that God will produce anywhere and in the life of anybody who receives the power of the Holy Spirit. The first and most obvious thing that, that happened to us back in the 1970s, and of course the thing that is absolutely crucial and vital if we are to fulfill the purpose of God, is that we received his power to love. Now, we'll come on to other aspects of the power later in the week, but I want to focus first on the power to love. Why is this so important? Because if we belong to Christ Jesus, we are members of the new covenant. And the new promise that goes with the new covenant and the new command is that we are to love one another as he has loved us. Uh, and that if we love one another in that way, it will be seen by the world that we are his disciples. So this power of love that God puts into our lives is what will enable us to live as disciples and for other people to see that we are the disciples of God. This is the power to love people that you normally wouldn't love. Well, it's the power to love everybody. Uh, that will include those that we feel unable to love in the natural. But it's God's love. And you see, God it does not discriminate in the way in which he loves. So Jesus, in his teaching, says we're to love one another, we're to love our neighbor, we're to love our enemies, we're to love those who persecute and hate us and all the rest. So it's not a love that is narrow, it's, it's very broad in its outworking. It's a, love, it's a love that enables you to love anybody, those who love you, those who hate you, those who are with you, those who are against you. Now, obviously, this is not a natural love, therefore. It is a supernatural love. Uh, 
because there's no way that in the natural we would have the capacity to love people that hate us and oppose us and do all manner of evil against us. It's difficult enough in the natural to forgive people, let alone to love them, to pray for them, and as Jesus says, to bless them. But all that is the outworking of this supernatural love. Now, if we're talking about the power of God, we're talking about something supernatural, because, of course, God is supernatural in his being. He is spirit. He is not a man. He only became man for a short time, but even in his manhood, we could see this power of love operating, as well as the power of God uh, enabling Jesus to perform miracles and to heal the sick and raise the dead and so on. But if we keep the focus on this power to love, we see this in Jesus. Uh, he even prayed for those that were nailing him to the cross and responsible for putting him there. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As tremendous love behind uh, such a statement as that. We see this love of God being expressed in his mercy. As, for example, when he forgave the woman who was caught in adultery. Everybody else wanted to condemn her to death. And, but Jesus said, well, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. We see, therefore, that the nature of this love is to reconcile that God is love by his very nature. And so if we possess this power of love, that enables us to be reconciled to God, to be at one with his love, as Jesus said to the disciples, to abide in his love or to go on continually living in that love. But it also releases in our lives the capacity to love anybody that God puts alongside us regardless of what our natural inclinations are. So God's love enables us to be merciful as he is merciful. That love enables us to be gracious as he is gracious. And what we need to understand is that if we have received the Holy Spirit, that supernatural love is within us. Paul says that God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. He has poured his love, his power to love, his supernatural love, his quality of love. And I can remember when the first person in that congregation in Luton was filled with the Holy Spirit, what everybody else in the congregation immediately saw in that man was a new quality of love that was not there before. And I can remember everybody asking him, where did you get this love? He was a man who was much appreciated, but he was, he was the kind of man that could be quite bristly, you know. Uh, and yet, now there was a new softness, there was a new gentleness, there was a new quality of love that everybody knew had not been there before. 
And it was the witness of that love that actually spoke to so many others and created in them a hunger to receive that same love for themselves. And uh, I believe that wherever you see true revival, this is the thing that is most remarkable and most evident. You see a supernatural love within the lives of Christians. And that is expressed in two ways in particular. First, a tremendous love for God. People in revival just live for God. They live for God because they love God. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not that they have a love somewhere in their hearts for God and sort of accommodate him in the busy schedule of their lives. They simply live for God. God is their reason for living. God is, is the number one in their lives. He is first and foremost. Now, of course, when people love God like that, that love overflows into all their relationships. So secondly, you see this tremendous love for people. Now, by people, I mean all people, just a love for people. There's, there's a great compassion for the lost, not a judgment upon sinners, but a compassion and a real desire to reach them with the gospel. There is, of course, tremendous love between Christians. They love one another as Jesus has loved them. So in, in revival, and of course, revival is simply the kind of church life that God wants every congregation to experience. You see this tremendous unity this unity among believers comes out of that love. So you don't see the same kind of divisions and gossip and backbiting that unfortunately is possible in some situations where that degree of love is not manifested. So what, what you see in the lives of, of those who have not just received the Spirit but are really walking in the Spirit is this tremendous love for God, therefore this tremendous love for people. And that love is expressed in obedience to God and in an honoring of one another. Uh, you know the Scripture says, let us submit ourselves to honor one another uh, and so honor Christ. You know, what Jesus said, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. And whatever you do not do for the least of these, you do not do for me. So in other words, our love for God is reflected in the way in which we love people. And you can actually see how real your love for God is in the way in which you love other people. The two things are indivisible. If you love God, you will love people. And if you love people, that is really the outworking of your love for God. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 